listening to Around Comics. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. And I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Ryan Salazar. I am just so excited to be here today, my friend. It is, uh, I'm having fun. I am having more fun during uh, quarantine than I probably should be. This isn't, this shouldn't, shouldn't be legal. We've Honestly. gone through the COVID-19 tunnel, and we're coming out on the right side of life. That's <laughs> Governor Pritzker today announced some sort of reopening pr- plan in uh, Illinois. I haven't read about it yet, but I'm sure people will complain. It's it's, But you know yeah. what? I don't care because, you know, I got a uh, Facebook message from a legendary comic book creator today, one of my all-time favorite uh, auteurs of comics. I'm not going to say who. Stanley. Stanley messaged me on Facebook and said, uh, "I'd like I to come on the podcast. Account. I know I've been dead for a while, but Excelsior." Ex- <laughs> no, it was it was it was not Stanley, but it was someone that I uh, uh, have been wanting to get on the podcast for a long time, and uh, we will in the near future have this great great man on the podcast to talk all sorts of stuff. And I will probably uh, geek out and be a complete fucking nerd about it because um, yeah, I'm going to turn into, I'm excited to have Will Eisner on the show. Will Eisner. I don't, I can't do a Will Eisner. Well, I guess I can. Does anybody know what Will Eisner sounds like? He could sound like he's a, he was a New Yorker. So he just, you know, a New Yorker. Yeah. He sounds like that. I could do a, a Will Eisner. Just say Gabagool. Gabagool, hey, oh, oh, way! Hey. I just do. Hey, oh, hey, hey, the spirit. Clearing, hey. hey, read the fucking spirit, huh? What the <laughs> fuck? So we we do have. Um, uh, we're waiting on Tom. Tom should be here. We Tom also have a special here. guest uh, tonight. We but, are. Uh, but Sal and I were just so jazzed to talk about comics. Yes. Uh, that we decided to, to get the get the train rolling uh, a little uh, a little soon. And uh, we'll we'll have them join in a little bit later. But um, uh, Sal, your enthusiasm it is infectious. Good, please infect me with the comics that you have been reading. Oh my goodness, I've been you know I have uh, I have spent this time in uh, in in quarantine as as productively as possible. I've been building things and organizing things and and like getting my comics all put together in a, you know, in my basement here, just like I've been drawing again. I've been doing all sorts of, I, I'm so, I have not been this. Renaissance man is back. I, I am all about <laughs> comics again. I'm like all around comics all the time. I'm so excited about comics again, but um, what have I been reading? I, I can't even think about whatever. Let's see. I've been reading uh, Alex Toth's um, uh, Creepy. Uh, let me go. Nice. Oh, yeah, I've been I've been reading. Oh, uh, this. Here we go. Right. Uh, we got this. 
So you turned me on to the Marvel Treasury editions. Isn't that a fun? Isn't that a fun book? Yeah, yeah. This is a lot of fun. This is a Marvel uh, history of the Marvel universe, and you know, it's like it's, it's like basically the old... just Mark Wade's notes from the last forty years, <laughs> kind you know? of thrown into a story. But really, the 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 shining star of this is the uh, the art. The art by Javier Rodriguez um, uh, is really terrific, and and oh. Alvaro Lopez. Uh, did the inks. Uh, it's really just like this amazing journey through uh, Marvel history. And uh, they do such a great kind of job. from the perspective of Franklin Richards, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that was an interesting. It starts off with Franklin Richards and Galactus, uh, you know, basically. At the end of time. At the end of time. And, and Franklin Richards is like, we're going to come through this. We're the only ones that are going to or I'm the only one that's going to come through this for whatever reason. And um, I want to know, I want to try and remember everything. So tell me, tell me the entire history. Tell me your story. Yeah. And so Galactus uh, goes into telling uh, the entire story. I love in the beginning here, this page in particular, where he uses Galactus's helmet design as sort of a page layout and yet, you know, Franklin is sort of standing on it and standing on his shoulders. So cool. Such a good uh, use. It's, it's, it, I thought it was cool that Galactus kind of takes over the role of Uatu. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he He's seen everything. Although it's, he, he almost does it in a way that Uatu was supposed to. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Uatu was supposed to be the cold, uncaring watcher. Um, and yet he never quite could. That's why we loved him because he always had to meddle in the Marvel universe because he just couldn't help himself where Galactus at this point doesn't give a shit. He knows it's all over. Um, so he's just sort of a cold. It's, it's, the, it's the death of the universe and the dawn of the next one. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, you know, Franklin carries on, but yeah, so it's a neat little premise to set up the, yeah, this is how the, you know, this is the story of this universe. And it's just a great, um, format, you know, this oversized format really, you know, they Look use what I got in the mail. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Beautiful. Uh, you've been, is that, was, was that a tax write-off? Is that That's, why? <laughs> no, but we had, we shared some very special moments the other night. Uh, yes. This is the, uh, this is the treasury sized edition of the, uh, Roy Thomas, Neil Adams, uh, X-Men that we just did a comics 101 on did, I, this double page spread. I mean, that's, that's worth it right there. Look at that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's, and I might it's have to order big that big and, um, you know, we, we had talked about how I preferred the, the newsprint Neil Adams to the, the white glossy, um, reproductions and I'm I'm still going to stand by that. I would still prefer this to have been on kind of a toothy newsprinty stock. Right. But they did a they did a really nice job of reproducing this. Um, and anyone who has read the Neil Adams uh, hardcover reprints of all his Batman stuff uh, knows how different I'll say the coloring is on that. The colors in this are pretty true to the originals. And even though it is on on a on a semi gloss stock, it looks really nice. Well, you know that brings up an interesting. Um, so w- when we had Jim Rugg on, I obviously talked about how I like um, 
their podcast so much, the cartoonist kayfabe and how it's, uh, it's cost me a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I, I have this, uh, I'll grab it right here. One of the, uh, one of their recent, uh, podcasts or shows, I, I keep calling it a podcast, but I guess it's not really a podcast. Um, they did, uh, absolute year one. Oh, Jesus. And if I'm, you know, obviously stealing everything, I'm going to talk about this. Go watch theirs. They did a great job of like going through it and telling, and you're going to want to buy it by the time you, you know, fair warning. If you watch their show, you're going to buy it. You're going to buy it. But one of the interesting things about this is it's two volumes. And, um, so you've got, you've got the six issues, right? Right. But wait, this is the interesting thing. One volume is all new sort of recolored edition of year one. So it's, oh. it's actually the other one. Sorry, this one. So this is the, um, the recolored. No, that's not it. I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was right. The, uh, Oh, Tom, Tom's joined us. Here's, here's oh, Tom. okay. But so this is the recolored version. Okay, so it's all new, very clean, very nicely recolored edition of Batman Year One, and it's it's just the straight mm-hmm. issues. Nothing. I don't think there's any. At the end, there's some stuff. Uh, there's some really cool early stuff by Mazzucchelli, and he talks about like how he fell in love with Batman, and he does a strip like a, a Batman strip. Really cool stuff. But then you have the second volume, which is reprinted like on pulp and i don't know if you can see it or not but it's like grainy and yellow and it's i mean it's i just want that it looks like the scans of the because i have the original issues i just want that oh it's so cool it's so uh, interesting in like an oversized edition, but then there's like all sorts. Sorry, of- Sorry, Tom, you, you caught us climaxing with uh, uh, the absolute <laughs> Batman year one. And then there's a bunch oh, of like okay. process stuff. <laughs> this is what Tom's here for. Um, there's a bunch of process stuff in the back of this volume. So it's, it, I mean, it is, if you're a volume, if you're a Batman year one, a Meza Kelly fan, those guys were absolutely 100% correct. You That's like the to. only Frank Miller Batman that I would say people buy it not because Frank Miller. It's because, because of, of Mazzucchelli. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. It's it, But this is a really cool, very, very cool. I'm just gonna, <sighs> Another ding. $100 out of my pocket. Like, Thanks. Hey, dude. I got it on in stock trades for less than. Oh, foreshadowing. So. Thomas. Hey, what's up? How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I um, you, go at this time. My basement was slowly filling with water. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is your mic on? on? I can hardly yes. hear you, sir. Yeah, you're a little quiet, oh. Tom. Come to the light. Better. Better. No change. No di- No difference whatsoever. <laughs> Podcasting in action. How's this? There you go. There you go. Hi, Tom. Hey, what's up? I miss you. You've you've been you've been dealing with floods and children and pestilence. (laughs) And I hear the locusts are coming. Mm -hmm. 
So I tell you, so Sal was talking about what he was reading. We haven't heard from you in, in a while. And uh, so why don't, why don't you take the floor mm. you know, and let us know what you, what, what's going on in the life of Tom Caters? Uh, I've been reading. Uh, How to bail out your novel. basement. How to bail out your basement. I've been reading uh, graphic novels with my son, who's really gotten into Dog Man. Nice. Which is uh, somebody. I got to look at the guy's name. It's the same guy who came up with Captain Underpants. Yes. Yep. Yeah. uh, I'll look it up. Don't worry. You keep Dav Pilkey. Dav Pilkey. Dav Pilkey. So we um, we bought it from the Scholastic Book Fair, and my son has become obsessed over the course with of dog like, man with dog man just like he read the first one cover to cover like in an hour and a half he just like <laughs> quietly if you know my son you know how rare it is that he's like quiet for like an hour like doesn't ask for anything or doesn't like i was mind. like please make more dog man yeah i was like how many of these can i order now and just like so i ordered a bunch but i'm only gonna like give them out occasionally you know i'm not gonna drop like 10 books on them at once yeah withhold dog man yeah but it's good i could see why he loves it because i was like flipping through it and i read the first couple chapters uh today with him and i was like yeah this is good i get why kids like this yeah this is good stuff right is he a dog man uh purist or is he also a captain underpants he doesn't. He he. He's not aware. Kind of knows that Captain Underpants exists, so he'll probably once he runs out of Dogman, <laughs> like want to expand into that. He can't get any but Dogman fix. He's gonna need some. He's gonna have to go to Captain Underpants. Uh, it, it was really. Well, heroin is next after. That. I was like, this is great. Okay, I get wait, why wait. kids. I get why he loves it. It's like uh, really well. It's like fun right like all the drawing is very like loose and fun and it's funny it's like actually funny like there's a uh dog man has a robot helper named adhd (laughs) 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 yeah that's funny that's very clever (laughs) yeah it's extremely clever you know it's basically a uh, a police officer and his dog were hurting an explosion and the dog, the dog's body was dying, and the cop's head died. Oh so my. they took the dog head and put it oh, yeah. on the cop. And that's that's how science. It, that's science. That's how it works. The whole origin story in two panels. It's great. <laughs> um, it yeah. used to be. I remember when the Batman origin one page. It's one just page. simple. I was like, oh wow, this is great. I get why he, he, he does lots of really fun uh, tricks in it of like laying out certain pages where like if you flip them back and forth they look like they're animated of like dog man eating so if you just take one page and go back and forth back and forth back and forth it looks like he's like putting cereal in his mouth and it's just like it's tons of awesome like inventive ways of using the medium which i um i I was glass Ah, just for you nice it's from it's from uh um uh, Mexican Heritage Night at uh, at yes. Mills Park. This Cerveceros. Is, it's it's the Milwaukee Cervezos yes. class. It's one of my favorites. You get so. the skull head. Yep. Uh, so that, that's and he also has uh, started watching Star Wars this week. That's right. You guys time. watched um, Empire. Empire. Sorry, yeah. 
Um, how did he like Empire? That was the you know everyone wants to know the the Vader I am your father moment. Oh, he Spoilers. you know he kind of already knew that. Like okay. I just think it's like part of pop culture. Yeah, or like other kids have seen it. You know, like what did your surprise son? him? Is, how old is your son? He's uh, six, turning seven. So like six year olds out on the playground going, dude. They watch Star Wars. They, yeah. They've got like Star Wars action figures, you know. Okay. Like it doesn't take that long before like it's like actually no, he's Luke's father, you know. Like <laughs> so he kind of already knew that, but what he didn't know was that uh, Vader kills the Emperor in uh, 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 Return of the Jedi. So that like legitimately surprised him because he was like, "What?" Like nice, so nice. the the the. Uh, Vader being his dad, not a surprise. Uh, on the Emperor, definitely. Yeah, definite surprise for him. Oh, he loved it. He was great. He loves all those. He we watched the first three. He just was again quiet for the entire time it was on, except for when he laughed out loud at the Ewoks because he loved <laughs> the Ewoks so much. That was the loved thing. The I so loved it. Me and my kids and my wife watched all of the Star Wars movies in chronological order. Yeah. All nine? Whatever it is. Plus, is it nine? No, it's more than that. Nine now. Because Solo, we watched Solo and Rogue One. Oh, so 11. 11. We watched all 11 movies start to finish, and my wife watched them with us, which I don't think she's ever seen any of them other than maybe the original three. Um, Okay. And what, what what did Kim think? She, I, she was into it. She liked it. She she liked it. Um, she was the entire time just waiting for the Ewoks. That's all she cared about was Ewoks. And my kids love Jar Jar Binks. And they're, they're I know Joe's gonna love. He's gonna love Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I know it. And I know it's like, happening. <laughs> You can't. It's like it's okay. Happening. This is not a movie for me. This is a movie for kids. This is these are movies for kids. But I will say this: like I, um, I actually enjoyed the entire saga more so after watching them all in order in like a two and a half week yeah. period. Yeah. I actually like went back and like oh the 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 prequels weren't as bad as I thought they were. I mean, they weren't great mm-hmm. yeah. and they're really cringy parts of it, but as a like narrative that he was trying to tell, I kind of got it, but yeah, it, they- it stitches the story together. <laughs> okay. And and we've talked about it. You, you add uh, uh, the clone wars animated series and rebels into that. And, and honestly, we talked to Charles uh, soul uh, last week you add you add the the Vader comics and some of the other stuff in there, and it just deepens that. And so there's you, you can drill down as far as you want to. So yeah, now my son's just obsessed with Dogman and Star Wars. Have have, have has your kid smell crossover? Yeah. <laughs> has your son seen um, a Diary of a Wimpy Kid stuff yet? Because that's my mm-hmm. son was a big fan of those books. Not yet. I assume it will. That might be a junior high or yeah. 
later in grade school kind of thing. Dogman's just right for him. It's just like a little above him. So like he That's always good. It. Yeah, so he's like, oh, this is like a book for you know, second graders. I'm a first <laughs> grader, you know. So that always carries a lot of mileage uh with the kids. But yeah, he he it, it's fun to watch Star Wars with someone who hasn't seen it before because he was so excited about everything in it. And I yeah. was like, ah, George Lucas, you're a genius. There's always going to be six-year-old boys who are going to be like... Well, that's uh, the thing. It's like, he, that's what, like, I felt I forgot. Like, oh, I loved these movies when I was a kid. And then by the time I was in my 30s, I was critical of them. Forgetting the fact that, oh, yeah, he, these were about being a kid like this wasn't for fucking 30 year old assholes like me who thought everything should 30? be made well no yeah. at the time and like I... the prequels came out <laughs> when did the prequels so, come out i was like in my 30s right so Maybe? next uh, we have a date set up to watch the phantom menace on uh friday friday's the day we'll watch it nice yeah we went i went by release order so I was like, he's a little young. So I was like, oh man, I don't want to explain everything. Like, I feel like Phantom Menace is kind of like, Dad, what's a trade war? Later. <laughs> I was like, I was like, just watch the first three are so easy to understand. It's, there will be no problem. There wasn't any. Totally understood everything that was happening. I, I'm. It'll be a weird on Friday, but I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Don't. Dad, why do those guys sound like they're from a yeah, kung fu movie from the 70s? Yeah. Why does everyone have uh, sort of caricature-esque accents? Spooky day. Oh, no, uh, that's no reason. It's Wait, normal, it's fine. So she's a she's a princess and a senator and... <laughs> and, a, and not? And there's a clone... Wait... I, only... The hardest thing he'll be is I'll have to keep reminding him that this happened before <laughs> the other movies. Because I was like, he's like, what's... So he's like, I want to watch the movies about how he became Darth Vader. And I was like, okay, we can watch those. But they happened before, right? <laughs> he's like, what do you mean before? I'm like, they're... They came out later. Like, he just doesn't... Yeah, no, he's don't like... do that. Just... <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> just watch it. They came out later. They happened before. And Jar Jar Binks, he's gonna. I mean, I can already foresee he's gonna love him. He's, he's gonna, gonna love Jar Jar. Fucking laugh out loud. He he's just gonna like lose his shit because he was watching the Ewoks and was just like rolling around on the couch because he thought it was like the funniest. <laughs> like the scene where that wicked were you, like, were you like thing and he hits himself with it was like the funniest <laughs> thing my son has ever seen in his life. He were you like? Gritting your teeth, going, no, that's not comedy. That's <laughs> fine. I thought it was great because he was. I, 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 the worst thing would have been him being like, "This movie's boring." Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Chris, Christina, help us explain. Hey, there she uh, is. Help, help us, help, help us explain how to explain to a six-year-old the prequels 
of Star Wars, but that they came out after. How do we explain trade wars and tariffs <laughs> yes. to a six-year-old child? Trade, inter, intergalactic trade wars to a six-year-old. It's robots so, now. I don't count any anything past the prequels, so... Mm. Um, you've you've not watched any? No, I don't like any of them. I watched one of them, and I thought the acting was so bad in them that I just said, "Yeah, I'm not watching any of them." Thirty seconds in, and she's already already being divisive. Yeah, right. <laughs> what we're in for? You know, but I was, you know, I'm the one who got to see the the prequels in the theater. So, like, I that's how old I am, right? So, wait, are you saying the prequels or the original? I'm sorry, the originals. The originals. The originals, yeah. But we all, I think, well, other than maybe Tom. Tom's the youngest. But I saw, yeah, I saw him in the theater. Did you? You're doing a terrible job of explaining this to a (laughs) six-year-old. That's fine. Yeah, I honestly, um, luckily, I don't have to worry about that anymore. All of my kids are so old that, you know, I don't have to do that. So (laughs) I have to to worry about grandchildren eventually, I guess. I need to introduce you. (laughs) So our, our our guest has has arrived. We've been waiting expectantly. Um, old friend of the show, not all, not only just old friend, but the probably the person that that um, sponsored every comic book podcast on the right. face of the earth for about a decade. Yep, that's 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 an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina Merkler, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. It's good, good to see you. Time no talk. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. Crazy. Yeah. Are you in Indiana? I am in Indiana. Yes. And my air conditioning's broken, which is why I, I, and it's a brand new house. So I don't know what's going on. So I have to call my builder tomorrow and figure out why it's 79 degrees in my house right now. So (laughs) I've been trying to deal with that and figure it out. But, um, you know. Well, thank you for taking time out of that uh, travesty. So that's, my face. that's why my face is especially red right now. Yeah. It's a little warm. And the peanut butter whiskey my sister just gave me. Hey, oh, all that right. stuff is delicious. It is. It's not right. It's a little too sweet for me, though. I'm like a normal, regular bourbon drinker, gin drinker. So there you yeah. go. Well, uh, yeah. Andy Parks was on about a month ago, and that was his. That was his little dessert drink. Was the, yeah. the peanut butter whiskey? That is definitely a dessert drink. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, it's so, a, uh, it's the uh, hillbilly port. You are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> since we have last talked, uh, yeah. probably I want to say I mean it was it was it's it's been a day or two because we took oh, a little yeah. break from the show. Well, I yeah. talked to her. I mean, well, you guys abandoned her. Oh, was that it? I talked to. her. <laughs> I had her on a couple of years ago. Well, yeah. you know, you guys oh, were taking um, a break. Whatever that. Thing was <laughs> that abomination of a podcast. <laughs> I liked it. My yeah. son-in-law liked it. Oh, thank Some you. Big geek show or something. Let's something. just go on. Wow. Let's just move. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's just miss <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so, Tom. Rightfully so. You messed us, Tom. I did. I missed everyone. Mm-hmm. So, um, while, while we may have uh, Tom and what Sal has always been here, he's a cockroach. So, while Tom and I may have have um, faded away for a little while, you have been very busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I never good. think I can get more busy, and then I manage to get more busy. Yeah, figure out a way. So, yeah, I so- joked with my friends about that. Like, only I would be the one who would get more work during the coronavirus, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No one else can do that. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, so what do you do during uh, the uh, COVID nineteen? Well, you know, I, I, I repainted the downstairs of my house. Uh, um, I also reworked the entire distribution system of of how <laughs> comics work. And uh, yeah, you know, I just you know looking for someone to you know give my dog a good grooming. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I built some barn doors, and Christina completely blew up comic book distribution. In the last 30 years. Me too. <laughs> well, tell us, how, how did this come about? I mean, obviously, we know the situation was Diamond uh, Distribution, who has been basically the sole distributor of comic books for 30 years, um, sh- essentially shut down because of uh, COVID-19. And, and then we found out that um, your new company, Lunar Distribution, was going to be one of the two new distributors for DC Comics. So how did that how did that happen? We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles. And I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer Podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to shut my room really quick just so I don't have a bunch of background noise. I should have done that to begin with. Um, it, it was actually a very quick thing that happened. It wasn't something that, um, you know, obviously everything with COVID has been kind of quick, right? So you just kind of have to make these decisions. I, I mean, I can tell you that DC's made, um, like comments, not anyone who's a DC now, but they had made comments in the last few years about um, distribution and just asking questions about, you know, what do you feel the challenges are in distribution? I can tell you that, I mean, we're one of the largest accounts, so we really don't have much of an issue with Diamond. I mean, everyone receives, you know, damages here, shortages there. But generally speaking, we we receive excellent service from Diamond. Um, so it, it wasn't an issue of that. When COVID happened, you know, we have been running ever since it happened. So there's never been a day. I mean, I've been giving my people three-day weekends because we don't really have enough product to send out to customers and things like yeah. that. And, and I think I need to jump in here just because we, we came in, we came in cold and just for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Christina's owner operator of, uh, DCBS and InStockTrades.com. So, um, for right. anyone, anyone out there that, that doesn't know you're, uh, I would say probably safe to say the, the largest comic book retailer in the country. Yeah, you could probably say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Diamond helped us out with that when they accidentally leaked the Marvel numbers and probably extrapolate from that where everyone is. Yes. Um, I mean, it was, it was really a very simple us reaching out to publishers and saying, Hey, we really need new product as soon as you can get it. 
and them coming back to us and saying, well, without Diamond being able to ship those items to you, you know, we're kind of at a standstill until Diamond can get back. And I think that DC um, was incredibly concerned for all of the retailers that were basically saying, if you don't get us new products soon, we're going out of business. Mm -hmm. And I think for every one person who was being very loud and saying, no, just stop everything. There were three more people saying, give me new product. And so I think DC was genuinely concerned about, I mean, I know they were about the health of the industry, what it was going to look like without having that new product. So they approached us and Midtown and I'm sure other people, and they just, you know, asked what our capacity for that was. And then, you know, we kind of went from there and determined whether we were going to be able to, to, to do what they wanted us or needed us to do um, in the interim of Diamond being fully up and running. Um, so it was a bit of a whirlwind, and we learned a lot in two or three weeks. It was, it was not, um, wasn't fun. It was, I mean, and then, of course, we get the backlash of being a retailer and people saying really horrendous things about us and how right. unethical, yada, yada, whatever. Oh, they're going to try to tar target all of our customers and they're going to use our data, which all is utterly preposterous. Well, and it, like, it's, it seems silly too that, I mean, I get it from their perspective. I'm in an industry that deals with that sort of uh, mindset as well, but it's like, don't they understand what's good for them in this situation is good for you. Right. Well, and the thing is like, to be honest, it's a lot of work for very little payoff. And we were just trying to keep people in business. I mean, genuinely, like we were worried. We want the comic industry to be healthy. If it's not healthy, then we're not healthy either. Like publishers aren't healthy. Publishers can turn around and say, okay, maybe we just shouldn't print comics anymore. Like that was our main concern was how long can we not have new print comics out in the marketplace before a Marvel and a DC say, eh, let's just do it all digitally. Yeah. You know, and that, that was a genuine concern for us. So we were willing to help in any way, shape or form. So, so I mean, really from a logistics standpoint and correct me if I'm wrong for you guys, the, the big change is that you're just not receiving comics from Diamond. You are receiving comics directly from the printer and then for DC uh, and, and then, and then moving them on to, to, to retailers and, yes. and your customers. Right. That's so it's, it's, it's so, really just shortening the chain. Right? It is like we're essentially distributing to retailers and then we're distributing to ourselves. Mm -hmm. so that we can take care of the customer that way. And so yeah. last week we received our first diamond shipment, which was very tiny. Mm -hmm. um, it was literally, I would say, a sixth to an eighth of the size of a normal weekly shipment. Now, but you're still receiving books from diamond, which is- We just did. So, so yeah. Well, they so weren't before that. Publishers send to print houses, print mm -hmm. houses send to diamond, diamond sends right. to you, but you're right. also receiving comments directly from- from printers or publishers right. and then sending them on. So like my comic book shop down the corners, collector's edge here in Milwaukee, mm -hmm. they now have a, either an option to order from diamond and you, 
mm-hmm. or or you know or only diamond or yeah. only diamond right. so but it but it gives them a it gives them a second option as far as a distribution channel for them to order from right so, it does but i mean let's be honest who wants to order them separately when they can get them all in one place and they pay one shipping charge and you know, so I mean, it could change. Yeah. Is that, there, is, there's a lot to be said for not having all of your eggs in one basket. As yeah, well. true. So from the beginning, was this something that that was sort of presented as this is a stopgap measure? This is something, you know, in the meantime, as Diamond is down or, yes. you know, we're not mm-hmm. sure of the future. What's going to happen? Yeah, we're not sure of the future. We don't even know if you want to do it. We don't even know how long you'll want to do it or, you know, what, mm-hmm. how that's going to go from there. So it's a very, I mean, you obviously have to be under contract. So you're under a short, very short term contract and let's figure it out. Let's see what we can do. And so I mean, how did, it really, how did it go? The first, the first couple, you've had two shipments now? Or, what, two, or, two weeks in? Three weeks go out two. now. Um, I mean, it hasn't gone badly. We've, had some issues where FedEx is, so we use FedEx. So our negotiated rates are with FedEx. Um, UPS keeps coming back. FedEx keeps lowering them. So we've got really great rates with them. But what FedEx did, so during when COVID initially hit and California shut down, UPS sent all the packages back. They just didn't even try to deliver them. They literally sent them back to the shippers. Yep. Well, FedEx because they were already at their end point, they were at those centers in California, they trailered all of those to, in hopes that they could help the customers out sooner, as soon as COVID passed. Well, what it has done is created this giant backlog. (laughs) So there, and the reason it's caused the giant backlog is because, you know, they had originally thought, oh, it's just going to go back to normal shipping. We'll be able to get these trailers taken care of. Well, it hasn't. They're, and, and we've heard this from the post office, from UPS, and from FedEx. It's like Christmas right now. Oh, it, it, it's it's yeah. not just you, right? Exactly. My my, comp- my company is uh, shipping is and freight is yeah. a fucking nightmare right now. It is, and yeah. so FedEx has been having issues getting some of these California retailers their shipments. Where and then we backed it up the next week, you know, an extra day. But we only have so many extra days we can go to send it out, right? Mm-hmm. So we still have some areas in California that are experiencing those delays and it's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for us because we're trying to help them. But generally speaking, we've had a lot of good feedback. People have been incredibly gracious and I mean retailers expect a lot. They sure. always have, we always will, right? So we want Well, you're a retailer, you know. Right. Well, that we was, want it in the best condition possible for the least amount of money, for the least amount of shipping, time. and the fastest time, right? Yeah. You know, so that's, it's it's actually been a good learning experience, but it's very similar to our own customers. So it's not, it's not that far afield of what we're used to expecting. Do, do you feel, and, and just only because I have to deal with it in my day-to-day, you know, uh, work and, and business. Do you feel that the COVID-19 crisis has, has encouraged people to, to be a little bit more patient to, 
um, say, you know what, I understand that the world's kind of upside down right now? Or have you found that people are just as impatient as always and maybe a little bit more on edge? I think it's a little of both. A little of both. Yep. Yes. So I have some people who are like, I don't care. You can't give me an excuse, right? Mm -hmm. And other people who are emailing me and saying, I understand the situation right now. This isn't a big deal. I know that, you know, you're not sending me kidneys kind of thing, but, you know, I just want to let you know of this delay. But 95% of the people we've dealt with have been incredible, really. I mean, and they've been, like, I talked to somebody the other day in California who was super gracious, told me, I love what you're doing. I love your packaging. I've had no shortages, no damages, no, you know, issues. And I love it. And I want to keep using you. And I'm like, well, if DC wants you to, like, I mean, it is going to ultimately be up to DC. Ultimately be up to this, this brings up a very important point because I'm, I'm sitting out on the back deck today with my wife and, uh, and she's been, she's been on me. It's like, I want you to start having more female creators and female industry people on the show. And I, I, I think it's very important for you to do that. It's like, honey, tonight is tonight's the episode for you. Not, not only, not only a, a female, but probably one of the most important females in the comic book industry. And yeah, I, I talked to her about, about I talked to her about the, the whole distribution thing. And I was like, and you know, diamond, right? And she's like, yeah, they have the best boxes that basically moved our entire house <laughs> up, up to Wisconsin where diamond boxes. Mm -hmm. And so, so her big question is, are you, are your boxes going to be as good as diamond boxes? That was her one fucking question. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> our, our boxes are different in that. Will they pack books and are they okay. easy to carry? There's something yeah. about, there's something very yeah. wrong about this question. Yeah. You're <laughs> well, actually we, um, we, had a couple of boxes made specifically to the diamond boxes years ago, uh, just because it was easier for DCBS. So we do use those same boxes for that exact reason, because they're f made to fit comics side by side with a, you know, thing in the middle, a little, uh, I'm not uh, saying that we had a lot of comics to move oh, yeah. whenever we moved yeah. from Chicago to Wisconsin. No. It may have been a lot of books. Yeah. Well, I, I know there was a story, I think, on maybe Bleeding Cool about at least one retailer who was very impressed with the packaging that they received. And, and it's like, yeah, they're a retailer. They, they're they yeah. used to this. They know. I mean, I've ordered. I just got, I just got this from you guys. I just ordered this the other day. I just I, got it in like two days ago. And, and yeah. you know, it's like. It comes in this giant box full of popcorn and you know, it's incredibly mm -hmm. protected. And it's like, yeah, this is this is what they've been doing for years and years and years. They're they know what they're doing. So it's interesting. How, uh, how long how long have you guys been in business? How long is DCBS? It'll be twenty one next month. How long? Twenty one years next month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You are not the new kids on the block anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You know, no, and that, no. had, that had that had to be why they came to you is that I mean you it, it's just it's really just a matter of scalability because you've been you've That's been exactly shipping it. comics to you know thousands of people a week yep. for two decades now, right. 
now what I, I don't want to get too much inside baseball but have, have have you really had to scale up I don't know with the with the short term of this I mean are you are you are you renting out more warehouse space is it I mean are you looking no scalability of this we lucked out because um the when we moved back to Indiana two mm-hmm. years ago almost now um we own that warehouse that's in downtown Fort Wayne and we yeah, have an extra 15,000 square feet in the back that we were just using for storage. Actually, there was a business that was supposed to be going into that. Um, and then COVID hit and we hadn't signed lease papers. And now that's kind of up in the air at this point. Um, so we took that space over for Lunar. Um, so it's a completely separate operation. In a, It's literally the warehouse that's attached to DCBS, but it is a separate warehouse, separate systems, separate everything. I mean, our developer is the one who, he worked so many hours. I, I couldn't even, t- he literally worked seven days a week for three weeks straight um, to get everything set up, get it lunar running the way. Because there are different yeah. things that you have to do shipping-wise, multi-piece shipments. and. Well, you're setting up accounts. and Oh, yeah. Oh, the setting up of accounts was, Cameron is like the bro with that just because he does all our tax stuff for Mm-hmm. Um, for the DCBS and Insectrade side of it. And that's the nightmare of setting up accounts because everyone has to have a resale certificate and everyone has to be verified. And- is, there, is there a ballpark on how many comic book retailers there are in the U.S.? And, and are you guys just U.S.? Are you, are you U.S., Canada, Mexico? Are you international? We are technically part of Canada and part of U.S. They, they split us so that we would have a pretty even amount Mm-hmm. Um, so that neither of us were just like, you know, like bombarded, essentially. Sure. Um, I don't know how many retailer accounts. Isn't that always the magic question with Diamond, right? Because they never really, really never know. I think that the numbers in the 2400 range. Okay, that's but then pretty many, healthy. Yeah, but many people have said that um, there are a lot of buying clubs in that number. And so I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you look at that Marvel, I don't know if you saw the Marvel spreadsheet that got out last November. I mean, the bottom 500 are awfully small accounts, like really sure. small. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure. And there are a lot, even um, there are a lot of accounts that like publishers have with Diamond for certain things or people who are, you know, in the industry. So I'm not sure how many solid actual brick and mortar or legitimate online stores there are. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kirsten, you know, it's interesting. We've known each other for a long time. We, you, like Chris had said, you were a sponsor of the show a long time ago. And um, what was it that got you guys, you and Cameron into this business? I don't think I've ever asked you that question. Like, how did you get into uh, selling comics in the first place? Well, I finally got to stay home with our third child. And Cameron was a CPA. He worked at, he was at the time that Quinn was born. Let me think. I think he was with Ernst and Young. And one of his clients was Lincoln Financial Corp and a big insurance company. 
And they're actually in Pennsylvania, I think, is like their headquarters. In That's Philadelphia. where the Phillies play is Lincoln Financial Field. Or is that right. the, is that the uh, Eagles, Lincoln Financial Field? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he, of course, had always collected. And he came to me one day when Quinn was, I don't know, six months old, who is now 21. He'll be 22 in August. And he said, hey, I have this idea about... You know, I've, I've been looking on the internet, and this was 1999, so the internet was a very different place, right? <laughs> and he said, I, I looked on the internet, and there are these comic shops that have, like, these tiered discounts. And, you know, I, I got to thinking I'd really like to maybe start my own business to give people, like, the same discount. Like, it's just one flat discount. It's very simple. They can benefit. I can benefit, you know. And that's literally how it started. So he created a Microsoft front page. He went to Diamond. He, you know, filled out the paperwork. And we had it and we finished our basement in the house. And we were off to the races. And about six months in is when it started to get serious. And I was like, what? Like, I finally get home to stay. I finally get to stay home with our children. I'd always worked full time. And, um, it just kind of grew from there. It grew so quickly, and it was all word of mouth, that within about four or five years, I was ready to divorce them because every single room in my house had statues and boxes of comics. <laughs> and I mean, it was... It, it was, was his a, dream. A, it was... It was I'm a book wise nightmare. <laughs> it, was, it was the worst... Like, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. It was that bad because all I did was work and all he did was work. And we had these three, you know, children in school and this and that. And then you're, they have softball and they have soccer. And, you know, and you're like, I can't, I just can't, I can't do it with my house full of all this stuff. And then we eventually moved into something and then moved and moved again. And then we finally bought our building five years ago. It's funny you say, I finally get to stay home from work. But, but yeah, you're not staying home. You're working. No. Yeah. And it, it was, it, you know, I was like, I'm totally supporting you in this. Of course you can do it. This is a fantastic idea. And he's like, you're not going to have to do anything. Don't worry. <laughs> you know? And he laughs about that because he swears that he didn't say that, but he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 20 years later and yeah, yeah. Pre- pre- president of the CBLBF. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 2018. You <laughs> which, which I want to, I want to, I want to touch base on, on later, but uh, uh, just, just for, for us, you know, you, you fast forward 2005, 2006 and podcasts start, um, yeah. start coming out. And the comic book podcast was, I think kind of the, the, the perfect example of niche entertainment for for what podcasts could be it was if you were interested in something that you didn't think anyone else was interested in there was a podcast for you and the comic book podcast there were kind of like this core of like probably 10 to 15 shows and it exploded mm-hmm. from there and every single one of them was sponsored by dcbs or instocktrades.com you guys figured that out so fast. And I, I, I think that anyone that listened to a comic book podcast, and so we're probably talking maybe 30, 40,000 listeners total would be my guess. 
they were hammered by DCBS and InStockTrades.com ads all the time. That was really smart for you guys. Did I mean did that have did that have a significant impact on your business at the time? It did. What's funny is I thought that Cameron was crazy. I was like, <laughs> what? No. Why would we spend that money? Like, what are you? And, and he said, no, it, you know, it's not that expensive and we don't really have like marketing expenses. And, and I said, okay, whatever, you know, but then I, you know, I would listen to the podcast. So it was nice to hear our ads. And, and most of the time people had already been sending us people by word of mouth without us sponsoring them. So then it was kind of a natural progression as a, yeah, thanks. You know, yes, we appreciate you kind of being our, you know, holding our flag up high all the time. So, um, I mean, it was, it was really, it's the one, there are many things that Cameron has done right. And that was one of the biggest ones. Thanks. Yeah. So going back to this new distribution thing and, and, um, you, you know, it's a, it's a whole new world, a sort of wild west uh, thing that comics hasn't seen. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's like I said in the beginning, it's been 30 years and diamond has had this monopoly, um, on distribution. What has the feedback been for you? Positive, negative, you know, I'm sure there's both, but, uh, anything, you know, in particular that you, you want to talk about? Um, it's all been pretty positive. The only negative is that, I mean, obviously the biggest negative for most people is that we're a retailer. Um, and they think most people who have a problem with us being a retailer think that we're going to just all of a sudden like lower or, you know, raise our discounts again or use whatever data we receive from their accounts to do something to sabotage their businesses or something. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. We have no intention of doing that. Like, You've all met Cam, um, and I know you haven't seen him in years, but like Cameron is literally, and I, I'm not saying that I'm not, but Cameron is literally one of the most ethical people you will ever meet. Oh, in absolutely. Life. Yeah. And, and so, and so am I, but I like that doesn't even cross our mind. Um, we work really hard to do what we can do to take care of our customers and to get as many comics out there as possible. And it really is in no way targeting any other retailer. In fact, we're always very happy when other retailers are successful and have these great communities that they've created within their own stores. Um, it's not our business and we're good at what we do and they're great at what they do. So, um, you know, any person, like to be fair, we could have targeted any sort, any time. You, you, all you have to do is type in a zip code and find a comic shop. And if you think they're big enough, you could target them if you wanted to. That's just not what we want to do. That's not our thing. I always um, looked at you guys as you were you were an option as as the the comic book retailer market was starting to shrink, and I think that there are a lot of comic book fans out there that were kind of left with no retail option, or it was a retail option that was maybe an hour drive away. You know, especially I mean, if you're in you know, central Illinois, and maybe the nearest shop is Champaign or St. Louis. And, you know, how many people, 
Absolutely. Here, Realistically, how, are how many an hour a week? How many know? shitty comic book stores were able to survive because there was no competition? Yes. If they're doing their job, if they're servicing their customers the way that they should be, they have nothing to worry about. If they're a good comic book shop, they have nothing to worry about from DCBS. If they're a shitty comic book shop that has been surviving because there's no other option, then yeah, they have a lot to worry about when you guys came on the scene. You know, I'm, I was that perfect example of that because I had three comic book shops in driving distance to me where I lived and I didn't want to shop at any of them. And so for a long time, I bought from DCBS because that was my best option. Uh, they just didn't give me enough as as a uh, customer to want to shop in their stores. If I had a great shop, and, and this isn't, you know, in the city where there are great shops, but in the suburbs where I'm at in Chicago, there just were not what I considered really great comic book shops because it's more, you know, I think for consumers to go to those stores, it's more than just here are your books, you know? And I think a lot of retailers aren't offering much more than that, or at least didn't for a long time, but you see the really great stores that do offer more than that. And and they don't have anything to worry about from dark, dark tower challengers in Chicago. I mean, you know, even, you know, graham crackers, which is a, is a, 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 large chain i mean there's they they understand the value of building community within their stores and that's i think the the stores that have that have thrived and have have succeeded see the value in building community within their 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 customer base um but there are a lot of really bad stores out there and there are a lot of people that you know, and, and distance, I still think that distance was, was a big factor in a lot of people. I mean, we used to hear stories all the time from listeners that are just like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in rural Montana Mm -hmm. and there's no one that, that talks to comics, you know, what, what, and so we listen to the, you know, I listen to the show because I have no one else to talk about comics and, oh, thank you for turning me on to instocktrades.com because that's where I get all my trades now. And so I, I think that was you guys filled a very needed void in the market. And retailers, some retailers are going to be upset about that. Absolutely. And yes, there are people who have comic shops close to them that they, it, they we have a lot of customers who buy some from us and buy some from their local shop. Sure. Um, there are people who, like you, we have numerous people who tell us. I would not be buying comics if I weren't buying them from you because I'm an hour and a half from a store like that, that nobody in their right mind, unless you're buying hundreds of dollars worth of comics every week, would it make sense to drive an hour and a half? And some of them said, and they shop an hour and a half away. I don't want to shop at anyway, to your point, Brian. Right. So I think that, yeah, we've probably made some people up their game. And that's good for the industry. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned. Was there anything in this, um, you know, process that you didn't foresee any, any issues, problems, things that came up that you were like, Oh, wait a minute. We didn't really expect that kind of thing. Um, not really. I, I can't really think of anything. 
I can tell you it's hard. It's difficult to, I mean, we're super particular about the books that we send out, even to our own customers. And we certainly are for retailers. And there are some retailers that are even more particular than we are. And to be perfectly honest, those books don't even come in that shape anymore. So that is kind of an expectation that we were like, wow, they think they should be getting mint and near mint books. They're not. They, they just, they don't even come from the printer. Like Do they that. want them slabbed? Practically. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we offered that service, they probably would. Um, so that's probably the only, like, you know, it, people have given diamond grief for years and diamond is the best at what they do. They really are because there is no one, including us or Midtown currently who could possibly distribute the number of comics that they have been distributing over the last 10. Heavy and I'm is saying the head that wears years. the crown, right? Right. Yeah. Now that's not to say that they don't have places to improve immensely. Like with, I mean, they're just, their system in general is clunky and, um, and there, there's still some, I mean, when you are dealing with human beings, you're going to have mistakes. So for us, for everyone to assume that there should never be a mistake is absolutely ridiculously bonkers, but it would be nice to not have mistakes sometimes. Right. And, but I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I say that to my staff every time, right. For our own DCS customers, like every time a customer gets something incorrect or damaged or, you know, it's delayed or whatever, it's not just the fact that they got it incorrectly or it was delayed or damaged. It's that loss of customer goodwill that continues to go on and go on if it continues to happen. Now, luckily, for the most part, that doesn't happen to our customers continually, but with some Diamond customers, it does. So I understand their, you know, frustration <laughs> um, when every single week they they receive damages, they have shortages, they have overages. I mean, it's a lot of loss of payroll and time and it's inefficient, et cetera. But I mean, it's the name of the game when you're dealing with the hundreds of thousands of units every week too. So with that being said, and, and you saying, you know, there's a lot of work involved in distributing and distributing comics and not necessarily a ton of payoff. Is this something that you want to continue doing? Is this something that Lunar is looking to continue to do and, and expand on? Uh, I mean, yes. And I'm saying that in a term of, I think there are a lot of smaller publishers that maybe do not get, um, and I, I can't speak for them, so I shouldn't, but I think there are a lot of smaller publishers that we could probably help distribute and give them a little more exposure. I mean, we do that as, as DCBS, right? So I have people who will come to me and say, I have these six books. I want you to sell them. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to put them up and I'm, you know, we'll see if people buy them. And if they buy them, then we'll order them from you. And we do. So I think that we could potentially do that as a, you know, like as Lunar, um, where we have five or six smaller publishers who want us to distribute. That is another like option that we could 
give to the retailers that want to remain with us. That brings up an interesting question I wanted to ask you about Kickstarter, because we've had the last couple episodes, we had Jim Rugg on, who has a big mm-hmm. Kickstarter book that he's doing. We had um, uh, uh, Ryan Brown, Ryan Brown who yeah, are doing sure. a Kickstarter. And the thing about Kickstarter is, that, you know, it's this great thing for, for these creators to be able to pre-sell their books and know how many they're going to print. But then at some point they have to distribute them. And, and it surprises me that there isn't some company out there that's able to come in and offer a reasonable distribution for big Kickstarter books. And I was wondering if that was ever something that you guys have looked into. We haven't, but I think it depends on, well, it depends on a couple of things. Like um, we did speak to a small publisher and they said, you know, we just don't have the, like, we don't even have the storage space yeah. to do this kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And there are some creators that do, um, that house everything wherever they live or they have an office space that they can use. Ryan and, Ryan and Charles are actually partnering with Challengers Comics in Chicago to do their the 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 distribution of their Kickstarter once yeah. it's completed. You know, so they've they've kind of taken it to that next little level, which kind of comes right. back to the issues you're talking about. Well, and I think it depends on like the scope of it, the size of the Kickstarter. I mean, if you're talking about a hundred books, a creator can usually pretty easily figure out a way to get a Sam.com account. Sure. They're, they're like 1200 books now and they're like yeah. four exactly. and a half pounds a book. Right. Yeah. And so once you're talking pallets of books, then it starts getting like a little more hairy for the creators. Um, and now that, I mean, even when diamond, you know, shut down, there were a lot of creators who were like, Oh shit, let's, <laughs> let's do a Kickstarter because we've got to figure out how to, you know, make some money here. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked, and we talked to Ryan about it and, you know, he said that, you know, Amazon, but Amazon owns Kickstarter now. Is that, or there's oh, a, do they? Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Or, or there's a, yeah. there's, if they don't, there's, there's a relationship there um, that Amazon is already offering to take care of fulfillment for obviously a cut of, you know, of, of what you make in your, in your Kickstarter. So, you know, that, that's, you know, certainly, certainly a market there with the the Kickstarter comic book market that that distribution seems to be um, there. There's a gap there. Especially well, it's a, very, it's a unique successful. thing though, because a lot of times a lot of the Kickstarter campaigns rely on the rewards. So it's like you know you have these tiers right. that. So that's I think that's where it comes. It becomes tricky because it's not it's as tricky. simple. Yeah. But, right, you have sketch cards, or you have a litho, or right. yeah. But those are also easy, usually to ship because they're hardcovers, with maybe a sketch card or a mini litho or something like that. You know, the the thing that makes distribution hard, and Diamond will tell you this, is single issue comics. It's the same thing that makes DCBS hard, right? Yeah. Like you're dealing with a four dollar item on a very low margin and you have to get it to somebody and like you can't sell, you can't send somebody four books and make any money on it <laughs> unless you're charging them an exponential amount to them, right? Almost the cost of the books themselves to even be able to ship it to them. So volume is king. 
And that's the only way that that makes that work. Interesting. It's uh, it's it's also you know one of the things that I've, I've always always loved about you is that you're not just a comic book retailer. You're a comic book fan, and and we used to talk about this back in the day. So, throwing out the question, what are you reading these days? <laughs> I haven't read a book in. <laughs> It's it's been it's been a while. Like I couldn't let me think of what the last thing I read. I can't even remember. Um, you know, I had a very uh, it's been difficult the last year and a half to find something that I've really latched on to. That's what right. happened to us. That's why we went away. So right. So I I'll be honest, and I you know I was super busy. I mean. A lot has gone on in my life in the last year and a half, (laughs) uh, to say the least, just from moving to Memphis and then moving back from Memphis. And then, um, you know, and we had a, we had a, when we moved to Memphis, we had a daughter get married. We had a son graduate high school, a son graduate college, um, all in in, within six months. (laughs) So, and, and then Memphis was an absolute nightmare. And, horrible staffing issues and I I, it was probably the worst year of my life then I finally decided to move DC DCBS back here and then it was just like a struggle to like just get everything the way it needed to be again back to what it was and it's been great I mean we've been great for a while now and then COVID hits and I mean but there's there's always something right you know there's always craziness there's not been anything I, I I've had a real, like, it's like that loss of faith that you have, which I had that many years ago, but um, like where you are like, wow, is anyone like speaking to me? And I haven't really felt like that. Um, it's been a little over a year now. I I'm right there with you, sister. I, yeah, it's I, under, I understand exactly where you were. It was, uh, it was kind of a, a, a you know, I don't want to say, you know, losing of, of religion of comics for a while, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, I know for me, you know, to step away because it was feeling like a job and then to slowly come back to it and say, oh yeah, I remember why I like these. So you know, mm-hmm. all I can say is they'll be there for you whenever you want, you know? Oh yeah. And I'm sure that I'll find something that just really like hits me right. Um it felt like every time, because, you know, we get a lot of PDFs, and it felt like every time I got a PDF, it's like, I feel like I've read this already. Like, it was starting to get like that. And I would even call, and, I'm, you know, I'd call a publisher. I'm not going to name who the publisher was. <laughs> and I would say, if I have to read one more post-apocalyptic PDF, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Like, stop. Like, can we can we get a little... Like we've got to start being a little more original here. And I, you know, I, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for my saga, right? Or the, I mean, even God Country, like I loved God Country. I loved Redneck when it came out. Um, I, I'm ready again for a scout, you know, like something that just like hit Grabs me so you. hard the way Scout did. And sure. even Sweet Tooth, you know? So I've always been a vertigo image person at heart anyway so you know i'm just i'm ready for that next and i know it's going to come for my daughter it was black hammer she just went 
nuts over black. That brought, that's probably the book that, that brought me back in. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just like, this is how I want comic books to make me feel. This is, mm-hmm. it feels fresh and, you know, Jeff gets it. And, yeah. you know, it's, that was, that was probably the book. That was probably the first book kind of coming back reading for pleasure that I was just like, okay, yeah, this is, yeah. this is, this is how it's supposed to to feel. And yeah, I, I love that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll, it'll come. <laughs> that, I mean, literally the last six months, I just haven't had time. So oh, sure. yeah, you know, probably miss on something you're fantastic. Is he changing the way that comics work? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just busy. It is funny how that happens, right? Like you don't really mean for it, but it just gets thrown in your lap and you figure it out. Yeah. That's my whole life, though, right? I mean, that's life with four children. Hey, honey, four I must be grown, but yeah. <laughs> hey, I have this idea. I want to start my own business, and twenty-one years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. uh, you know, Christina, I, I have to say, uh, you know, I know you have your critics, and um, for me, you know, we've known each other for a long time, and I just want to say one thing about you is that you have always been so generous with your time and willing to come on the show and talk. And there has never been a time where you've been like, I'm not going to talk about this. I don't want to discuss that. We've never even had a conversation about like what you would and would not talk about. And you've always just been open and honest and straightforward. And you know, I, I, the people that criticize you for what you're doing, I just would, I wish they would know a little bit more about you and, and understand that, you know, you're just running a business and trying to do the best you can. And these things, you know, I think sometimes people look at it like you're trying to do something nefarious. You're trying to do something to undermine other people. And it's, and it's just so silly if they actually knew who you were. So I just want to say thank you for coming on all the time and just being, you know, you've always just been you and, and, and right. I appreciate that. It's, you know, I say that to Cameron all the time. I'm like any retailer who's met me, I'm friends with lots of retailers. And I had a few retailer friends who reached out to me when all of this went down and they were just like, yeah, we know you're not trying to steal our customers. We know that we know you it's, that's, you know, it's preposterous to think that, that you're doing this for anything other than just trying to help. And genuinely, if you know all the work that went into it, many people would, even people who are, you know, as, as generous of their time and their efforts and whatever would not be willing to put the amount of work into it that we did. And, you know, but but people will always feel better about saying something like Unfortunately, the loudest voices in comics right now are the very people who want to keep comics from growing. And I truly believe that. And I had a rant with like a friend of mine who is in comics and who works for a publisher. And I said, the problem is that most of these people who are the loud voices are saying, we don't want comics to grow. No, we like our little club and we like to sell to the customers we sell to and 
that's not where my head is out at. And it never has been. I want, I am willing for a publisher to put comics anywhere they possibly can to expose people to the medium because big picture, that means that they're going to seek out a comic shop. They're going to seek out someone online because none of those places, even if they were in every Walmart, every grocery store, every Target, every single place you could possibly put them. First, they're either never going to come in your shop anyway, so it doesn't matter. Or second, they're going to seek you out because those places aren't going to have the knowledge, the width of everything that they could purchase. Community. You have. Mm-hmm. So it would only benefit you. That's how I feel about digital too. Digital is something that's going to expose people to the medium. And if they were never going to buy from us anyway, at least they're buying it and they're keeping the publishers healthy. I've you've always, you, you've, always you've always had a, a, a model of uh, high tide raises all ships. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and unfortunately, there are some that aren't. <laughs> there are some people <laughs> who don't believe that, and they they want to keep this you know special little club, and that's fine. I, that's just not my that's not my mindset. Well, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. It's uh, you know that that you've got our support and and. We just uh, are gonna gonna continue to uh, talk about the great job that you do, and and wish you nothing but the best. And hopefully, we'll have you on uh, after all. Like the world is not upside down, yes. uh, and uh, and you're still doing this. <laughs> and like a year from now, we can talk about how uh, how comic book sales are going through the roof, and oh, yeah. you're a big part of that. I hope so. We'll do our best to do that, right? Absolutely. Maybe well, someday to know that that you are you are welcome back anytime that you want to talk with us and well, uh, and please keep doing the the great work that you're doing. Thanks, I appreciate it. Absolutely, it's great talking with you. Great talking with you. Thanks, Christine. All right, uh-huh. All right. best Bye-bye, to camera. Guys. I will. <laughs> All right. Christina Merkler, uh, one of the owner operators of uh, DCBS and InStockTrades.com. We didn't get to. She's also the president of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, all her back. Her, we'll have to have her back to talk all about back. LDF. Um, but yeah, that's a big. You know, if there's like three things that we've talked about over and over again in like the 15 years since we started this, it would be like event fatigue. And we need to have more like women and minority inclusion in comics and the, the, the DC or the, the diamond monopoly in distribution. Those are like the three things that, that everyone talks about ad nauseum. I'm so glad that one, you know, that that is changing. You know, a lot of those are changing. Destroy it all. (laughs) Burn it. Burn Burn it it all to the ground. Burn it all to the ground. Well, that was, you know, I, over. I, I don't know, you know, we've always been, we've always kind of shied away from the business of comics to some degree. Um, it tends to be boring. It does. And it can be a little, a bit of a slog to kind of get into that kind of thing. But I just, I thought that it was important to sort of, you know, this is a, 
seismic shift. It really is. It's this groundbreaking yeah. kind of thing of like, wow, this is the first time a new distributor has been around. So for, for 30 years and yeah. um, to be able to, you know, have, and we've known her for so long. And like I, like I said to her, it's like, she's always been so honest and, and, and straightforward with us and just, you know, willing to talk about things. I just loved having her on. And, and, and she paid lips and dues for like 20 podcasts. Yeah, right? Yeah. No kidding. Easily. Yeah. Kept Easily. them alive. <laughs> All right. Well, Seriously, uh, there, there wasn't a podcast that you would listen to in 2008 that wasn't sponsored by TBS or Instock Trades. That Cam, that Cameron Merkler, he had. Savvy. Savvy marketer, that man. Son of a bitch. He knew where to go. Son of a bitch. (laughs) All right. Um, So that was that was fun. Hey, um, I saw. um, Speaking of conflict news, so we had talked about uh, Green Lantern Earth One, Volume One. Yes. Uh, I just saw this week that Volume Two is uh, green lit. Cameron, uh, no, Cam, Gabriel, uh, hard man, hard man, hard, and, hard uh, man, and, and lovely wife, uh, Karina Sarabeco. Is that so, what you said? Uh, yeah, I'm looking always... forward to that. There you go. I, I, Gabe is, uh, Gabriel Hardman is, is such a terrific artist and, and storyteller, and, um, but I'm such a, uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern purist that I have to admit, I had a little bit of a hard time with, with it. Um, I really liked it. It's, I know. No, no. It's, it's, an else, it's an Elseworlds tale. It's not it's, a quality issue. He's not a toy salesman or <laughs> insurance man. <laughs> he's not sort of Cartoonist. like an aimless man, an aimless white man in his 30s, just sort of wandering between professions. Bad suit. Yeah. I don't know. I That's not my Hal Jordan. <laughs> Okay, you got me, Tom. <laughs> you don't have to twist the knife in my back. <laughs> That's not my guy. Listen. Hey, I got a uh, a listener email. You want me to read? Really? Yes. How do. how do people email the show, Sal? Uh, you can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at aroundcomics.com, or you can go to www.aroundcomics.com and click on the Contact Us section of the website and, and just send us an email from there. And we would love to hear from all of our listeners. And while I'm at it, I want to uh, implore any of our listeners or viewers, if you're on YouTube watching this, if you're on uh, iTunes or iMusic or whatever the fuck you're listening to this, please uh, share around comics with your friends and loved ones, because we were gone for a while and not everybody (laughs) knows that we're back. So it'd be nice if we can spread the word. It would really be a big help to us. If you want to uh, give us a review on iTunes, we would love that. Please comment and subscribe to YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel. If you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would be awesome. Because as we get more subscribers, like YouTube unlocks different things that we're able to do on YouTube. Like a video so, game. Achievement. Yeah, unlo- yeah sort of. So uh, please. I need a Vorpal sword. Oh. <laughs> subscribe. And also, uh, if you'd like to support the show in other ways, which we would appreciate, you can go to ko-ficoffee.com slash around comics, and you can donate uh, like three bucks, buy us a cup of coffee uh, if you'd like to do that. Or you can go to aroundcomics.com slash shop, S-H-O-P, 
And you can buy some Around Comics merch. We have official Around Comics merchandise now. We have a bunch of shirts. We have some hats. We have a coffee mug or two. All sorts of Around Comics stuff. Get the mug. Uh, get the mug. The mug. I ordered. I I'm ordered a bunch right now. There you we'll go. Tom. Um, you had your likeness, Tom. Yes, I did. Uh, well, hats. sort of. We There's have hats, sweatshirts, sweatshirts, t-shirts, t-shirts coffee, coffee mugs. mugs. Um, beanies, I'm trying beanies. to come up with more stuff to put on there but um there's there's a for for you hardcore old school listeners yeah. the, the people that have been around for a long time i know there's still a, pe- a few of you out there that love and miss the segment of the show we used to do called future stacks well I, while we don't do the segment any longer yeah. i did make a t-shirt just for you it is a future stacks is days of future stacks Sort of a takeoff of uh, X Men number one forty one. Fast days of future. That can be your next comics one hundred and one. No, I didn't realize future stacks were spelled with two X's. Well, it just was for this logo because it needed to be extreme, Tom. I feel like I I would have liked the segment better if I knew (laughs) that. It was a well. The logo is very retro. It's a very eighties inspired. Inspired, yeah. Which I found is disturbing because it came very naturally to me to design a horrible because you're old i am i i was designing stuff in the 80s with gradients and like oh, neon yeah, yeah. yeah. chrome turn on the corner this is like a bad x-men crossover <laughs> it future is. stacks but it's an awesome shirt so yes you can get that at aroundcomics.com slash shop so i ordered one so listener listener email info get at aroundcomics.com okay this is from clint Clint said, hi, guys. I'm really, really, really late to this one, but I just got around to your episode number 310, discussion of Die, Volume 1. I was going to say, it was like like, like pre-comeback. I just got back. I I just got around to episode 200. (laughs) You guys are Interview with John Byrne. (laughs) You guys are idiots. Uh, It said, I generally agree with your take on the book, but you missed an extremely important part of the story. <gasps> All the stuff about World War I was in there as a way of talking about how J.R.R. Tolkien's experience in World War I was, was a major, the major, question mark, influence on modern fantasy. I know it's way too late for this information to be helpful or probably even interesting. I just was yelling at my computer so much while I listen, that I couldn't resist sending this message. That's the best feedback ever is whenever we make you yell yeah. at your computer or <laughs> your iPod or uh, your, your stereo. Uh, yeah, I can see. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that that was inspired by World War One. It was there was never had been a, a war on a on a scale that that size. And we saw. Um, you know, it's the whole lost generation authors that, that came out of that. And I, I, yeah, I can see inspiration, you know, hitting Tolkien out of, out of WW1. Well, uh, have you, have either of you seen the, the movie Tolkien? No, not. It's basically, uh, you know, the, the kind of a biography of a J.R.R. Tolkien and, and 
a section of it is is dedicated to his experience in World War One. So I can definitely see that. I I I kind of feel like this email is directed towards me a bit because I was the one who sort of uh, poo pooed the book based Dear on Sal. <laughs> You did poo-poo a little <laughs> Fucking bit. Idiots. I did poo-poo it a little bit. But um No, that's an interesting point, Clint. I uh, I, I see it. Um uh, Clint. Clint. Uh thanks, Clint. <laughs> thanks, Clint. Um no, it's it, it that that is Tolkien's experience and how it influenced modern fantasy. Um I don't know if I necessarily see that in the book though. Like how did Tolkien's I mean, World War One was horrible, and his experience. Yeah, I, I can see like Mordor. I mean, the, you look at like the the the. Sure. The, okay, the, that makes sense. And, yes, and I'm an idiot. Warfare. Yes. And, and Machinery. The the industrial revolution versus nature. That's all in in um, Lord of the Rings. Certainly, you have the treants yeah. and uh, the 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 uh, what are the uh, the ogre. Uh, Ugri, Ugri. The, the, I mean, especially if you look in the movies, mm-hmm. the, uh, you have, you know, that's illustrated very well. Industrialization yes. versus nature. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. how World War One was that yes. first war that science and technology was this monster. I mean, gas, mm-hmm. ga- mustard gas. And, and, and that was such a horrible thing and uh, how it, uh, you know, uh, the, the mechanized uh, tanks and machine guns for the first time and how all that machinery, all that brilliant uh, weapons of war that were created, how, yeah, coming out, coming to that for the first time, I could see how that would uh, affect someone. And then Tolkien took that and wrote, you know, uh, what we know as modern fantasy kind of created it. That's a great email, Clint, Clint. Nice job, Clint. Thanks, Clint. Uh, he did finish up saying, thanks for all the shows over the years. I am a listener from way back. Wow. Good. Well, thank you, Clint. Seriously. Uh, appreciate the email. Appreciate a strong you man. listening. And you have a fucking name, Clint. That's a real Clint. man's name. <laughs> Clint. Clint. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's cool. If you want to email us, please. Please feel free to email us or contact us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have all the social media. We don't have a TikTok. Where's Tom, the TikTok? I need gonna, the TikTok. Tom, are you going to start a TikTok for us? Where we just dance? Do just, TikTok dances? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. All right. I'll get it cranking. Let's get this. Let's get some content out there. <laughs> we got to, we got to, you know, get this stuff moving. What the hell? Yeah. Get yeah, we also uh, during the live streams. If you uh, if you watch on uh, on YouTube, uh, on you can also uh, chime in uh, during the live streams, and we will uh, we'll answer your questions live. We 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 give you a chance to chime in. So say something. Uh, you can yell at us. Speaking of chiming in, so we've tried to do this like book of the monthish. No, oh, for thing. fuck's sake! Yeah. Are you jokers? Have you? finished reading coffin it's not even my fucking pick have you finished reading coffin bound yet sal no no i have not well you you have me studying shazam history so i can do a why is that on me why but Uh, because you threw 101 yes you said we had to do three 
you threw it out there, unbeknownst to me, you challenged Tom King without my did I, uh Did I say you need to you need to Fine. study the entire history of Shazam? No, I, no, you did not, but you bake that cake yourself, sir. I'm arguing. <laughs> Um, how's your Comics 101 coming? It's fine, whatever. I could do it now. <laughs> well, Tom's up next. All right, you're up next. You're on the right. docket. Well, I mean, not like not right now. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, so so soon. So this this coming what is your... week, depending on Floodwaters and his children. If there's um, what is your Comics 101 going to be? There on? Locusts. Uh, St- Steve Englehart's uh, Justice League. Okay. How many awesome. issues? That'll is that? be the next one. Because we did we like eleven. Get, we need to so. get what the fuck. We need we need to get sometime Sally here a little bit more time on right. Shazam one hundred and one. I'm not doing Shazam one hundred and one. I'm gonna pick like Just six you need issue. To pick one Shazam character. Like, <laughs> he'll fifty on hillbilly Mar- hillbilly Marvel. <laughs> Fat Billy. Is there a All hillbilly right. Marvel? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my Fat Marvel comics one hundred and one to something a little. <laughs> simpler a little uh, hey uh, Cap- but captain carrot here's the what i did while we're fucking around captain carrot would be fucking awesome i could do captain carrot that was my first comic book captain carrot there you go all right i could do a captain carrot comics 101 i've been looking forward to the shazam 101 though all right i'll do the, shazam. the whole history i was like how is he gonna get it in 15 minutes i don't know <laughs> no no i'm not gonna I, all i was gonna do with shazam was like Pre DC Shazam, like the, okay. the the actual Fawcett, Fawcett comics, Fawcett, Fawcett. Billy Marvel, and, the, and end with Captain Marvel. Marvel. You're doing you're doing I'm Fawcett, doing Fawcett comics, Captain Marvel, yes. Tall Billy, Tall <laughs> Tall Billy Marvel. Hey Tom, uh, so I got a, a Facebook message from a legendary comic book creator. Oh, shit. legendary today legendary. that and I've, still alive. We have never talked to. Yeah, and he he would be delighted to come on the show, and I won't say his name, but one of his preeminent works has something to do with your Zoom background. I'll just say that. American. We'll just go there. We'll just go there. That's all. Ah, okay. (laughs) I won't spoil. Literally, the words. So we have that to look forward to. It okay. Point. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. What is? Uh, no, put that down. Don't. Don't show. Don't. Yes. Oh uh, come on. Yeah. Don't, I was don't, subtle. This is you don't what have the, to spell it out for everyone. <laughs> right. Let them fill in the gaps. All right. Are you guys reading anything else? Anything else uh, fun? Um, going on in COVID. Yeah. COVID time. This is really good. <sighs> You know, I started reading that and I stopped and I'll tell you why. The reason I, I hated it. No, no, I didn't it hate it. It was stupid. <laughs> no. uh, we're talking about for the audio, for the audio only podcast, we're talking about Sea of Stars by sea Jason Stars. Aaron and uh Dennis Hallam, formerly known as Dennis Hopeless and uh Stephen Green. Did he and change his name? Hmm? Dennis Dennis Hopeless changed his name? Yeah, it's Dennis Hallam. Oh, all right. So interesting. Do you take his wife's name? Is that what's happened? I I, I think hopeless may have been a uh, a pen name. Too depressing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Dennis Hopeless. Anyway, 
Dennis Hopeful. Hopeful. Dennis Hopeful. Um, the reason I, I stopped reading is it's I felt like it was basically finding Nemo in space. Yeah. That's what it is. It, that, and it's cool. <laughs> the elevator pitch. <laughs> hey, this is what I got. I, hey. I, I, I guess I was just a little... I mean, I'm a big Jason Aaron fan. I've been mm-hmm. a Jason Aaron on the bandwagon since Scalped. I, you know, yeah. I feel like Scalped is that was no later. Fan. We were on there with uh, what was the Vietnam comic? Um, the other side. With, no. Uh, yeah, the uh, other side. Huh? The other. The other side. side. Yeah, we were we were on Jason Aaron with the other side. We were. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever. If you want to read, no, it's it's no, it's it's it's. I I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, All right, I'll go back. with the the first trade. It's yeah, it's a wacky outer space uh, action adventure where a, a father and son get separated in a crazy space accident. And Is one a fish? Are they fish? There's yeah, there's weird like space <laughs> whales and a space monkey. Are there and- surfing turtles? There are surfing turtles. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's a absolutely crazy, wacky, um, outer space adventure. But it's really about a, a father trying to find his son, his son. who's lost, who's lost in so space, he's finding his son, finding his finding. Nemo son. But he's finding yeah. himself, finding yes. Nemo. <laughs> you know what I found? I speaking of finding. You know what I found today? You know, the, a couple of episodes ago, we were going, I, I pulled out um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number four. My, oh, my yeah. Version. You know what I found today that I have? What? I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three. Really? And I have... First printing? First printing of number nice. three. And That's I solid. Ha- say that again? That's solid. Yeah. And I have uh, Raphael. The miniseries. Ooh, how about that? Original. So product. complicated. So complicated. <laughs> you have food fugitoid. Oh, fugitoid. I, not anymore. No. Hey, oh. do you remember when we had Eric Larson on the show? And yes, he was at Minicon, right? Was he at the Minicon? Right. That's what. Isn't that where we had him on the show when we did the Minicon? Am no. I, am I remembering was- that wrong? No, he was he was like at Challengers for a signing, uh, I think is what it was. And we we was that what it was? We got him to sit in. I just remember him coming up with the character Bacon Mummy. I just I, I think back and like wow, we had Eric Larson at our little tiny back in the day at a little tiny podcast. That was kind of neat. That was yeah, kinda, yeah, and he's still doing Savage. I've got. Um, you, have you read Savage Dragon lately? I'm not. I really like it, except he like every episode he throws in like gratuitous sex scenes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. James Robinson drank that on the show. I do remember yeah. that. I, yeah. do. I remember that. He yeah. signed it. Memories. Sal brought me this from Traverse City. It's a bottle of bottle of Guinness with a Punisher sketch on it. Who did that Steve sketch? Dillon, yeah, that's right. I, that's because I'm a. Have. That's because I'm a good fucking friend. You are a good fucking friend. Thanks. All right, 
Is that all we got for today? Is that all yeah. we have for this we're episode? Looking at, we're looking at empty bottles now. So. <laughs> we're looking at empty bottles of booze. <laughs> I think we've Absolutely. run out of things right. to fucking talk about, so, goddammit. So our, our next episode is going to be Tom doing the Steve Englehart uh, JLA. Is that maybe? Is we'll that, see if, if it's during the week. We'll see what happens. When's our next episode? Tuesday? Thursday? Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday? Tuesday. Tom? Can you okay. do already Sunday? It is it is Sunday. You got Monday off. Maybe you have a couple days, Tom. Maybe. Maybe. All right. We'll see. We'll be, be in touch. We'll be in touch. Thursday. And then and then comics legend to be determined. To be determined. I gotta email him. He gave me his email address. Nice. I was nice. giddy like a child. That'll be fun. So uh, so think some questions there. I, you guys um, are gonna have to carry water on that because I'm going to be like a twelve year old girl. I'm going to have to carry water on that. Yeah, because I'm a child. I'll be like a little you're, child. You're the one. You, he's you your guy. Like, are you, do you remember when you did this? Do you remember drawing that? This is cool. <laughs> I'll huh? be, I will be remember Chris that time. Remember the time when you that blew my cool. mind as a 12-year-old? That was cool. I will, I will yeah. be Chris Farley all over. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm going to have to research this one, aren't I? Well, I'll be all right. I mean, let's be honest. I'm just going to talk about Blade. Jesus Christ, you know, don't embarrass me. Don't fucking embarrass Don't embarrass me in front of him. Don't fucking embarrass Sal in front of this hero. Um, I've been embarrassing <laughs> Sal for 15 years now. <laughs> Pull it together, all right? Get your gonna... shit together, Neesman. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, I'm not even drinking to excess anymore. No, um, I am. All right, so so we ran down how to how to contact the show. Tom's yes. going to come back with his comic book one hundred and one. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw it out there just because Sal's going to be pissy about it. Oh, if you've got fuck. some subjects out there that you'd like us to do a comics one hundred and one, oh. email the show at info at aroundcomics dot com. All right, I'll even take the first one and research it myself. Son of a bitch. Um, I'm, not, I'm not taking any ears. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will take that. Yeah, I, I I get enough requests from everyone in my life. I don't need another source of random. Some anonymous <laughs> shitbag giving me fucking suggestions on I'll, what to I'll do. Tell yeah, me yeah, I need to do a on the show. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Not doing send that. Me, send me. Send me your request for a comic book one hundred and one. There's something you want to know more about. I will give you as much information as Wikipedia will give me. We will fuck up as much yeah. <laughs> comics history as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Is that all we got? I think that's, I think that's yeah. enough. All right. Big thanks to uh, Christina Merkler yes. from uh, DCBS in stocktrades.com. Uh, is it Luna distributing? Lunar. 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 Distributing. Lunar distributing mm-hmm. uh, the comic book legal defense fund all the stuff that she's got going on. So uh, appreciate her dropping by. Tom, it's good to see you. I'm glad that your uh, your basement is no longer flooded. I'm very happy about that as well. Do you have it's a, great. Do you have a dehumidifier it. running? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have the dehumidifier. Yeah, I got, I got that. I got that. Yeah. So I painted the downstairs of my house. So we're to that point of isolation. Um, <laughs> you know, Sal's building stairs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back with uh, with Tom's Comics uh, 101. We've got a special guest coming up that, that you should be able to guess at this point. And uh, in the meantime... In between time... We'll be everywhere in... Head around! around.
Alex. Cue the music. Hold on. Why isn't it working? Press the button. It's not working. Come on. Press the button, Sal. It didn't work. You can do it. Come on. Hold on right a there. goddamn minute. I Something's wrong. Come on. All right. Oh, shit. What? I don't know. I I did a remix of the remix, and it didn't work. It's a double I remix. I can't get this right. I just, I give up. I don't know what to do. There it is. I'm a failure. Well, not a failure. <laughs> it's a little slow. You're a little, little stunted. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye, Thomas. It's good to see you. Thomas.